Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala ashraf al-anbiya wa mursaleen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Amma ba'd We thank Allah Azza wa Jal for allowing us to have this telling with the noble sheikh Dr. Abu Umar Usama al-Urtaybi, Hafidhullah Ta'ala. He began with the Sermon of Need. And he mentioned, I meet you all on this night to discuss the topic, the character of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with his family for the seminar that is there in America. And the Sheikh also had mentioned Canada. The Shaykh mentioned that Allah Azawajal, He sent the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to all of mankind and to all of the jinn. And He Himself وسلم, is from mankind. And He is the seal of the Prophets. And he is the master and leader of the prophets and the best of them. And Allah, he chose the prophets and the messengers to be from the children of Adam. And Allah gave precedence to the prophets and messengers who are from the children of Adam over the rest of the creation. There are no messengers from amongst the jinn. Likewise, the messengers are men. There are no messengers from amongst the women. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was a human being. He ate, he walked in the marketplaces, he was a human being that Allah Azawajal created and then decreed death for him. Or also decreed death for him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is for all of the prophets and messengers. Except that Isa alayhi salam was raised up into the heavens. And then he will return, and then when he return, he will die. And this is towards the end of time. The Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was sent by Allah with the last message. And this message that Allah sent the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ with is suitable for all times and all places. And there is no Prophet who will come after the Prophet ﷺ. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He sent the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the best book, the Qur'an. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, Indeed, I have been given the Qur'an and it's like along with it. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He conveyed the message and He fulfilled the trust. And He strove for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not die except that the religion was complete and Allah Azza wa Jal was pleased with him. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, This day I have completed for you your religion and perfected my favor upon you and I am pleased for you Islam as your deen. The Shaykh Hafidhullah Ta'ala mentioned that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the best of the examples and he is the first of the Muslims. As Allah Azza wa Jal commanded the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to say, and I am the first of the Muslims. Meaning that in this Ummah, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the first Muslim of this Ummah. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is the best character, as Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, indeed, you have in the Messenger of Allah, the beautiful character, the beautiful example. And this is for the one who hopes for the meeting with Allah in the last day. The Prophet ﷺ, he was best in character, he was the bravest of the people, he had the most piety, the most taqwa of the people, the most fear of Allah based upon knowledge, he was the most complete of the creation. And the Prophet ﷺ was known for his courage, he was known for his truthfulness, he was known to be a person who fulfilled the trust, he was one who was devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was one who was grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As has come in the narration 
where the Prophet would stand at night so much so that his feet would swell and crack. And it was said to him, Why are you doing this when Allah has forgiven you for your past and future sins? And the Prophet responded, Should I not be a grateful servant? Also, the Prophet is described as being Siraj Munir, an illuminating light, one with extreme brightness that illuminates the way. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I have left you upon that which is clear and white, as night is like as day, and no one deviated or no one deviates from it except for the one who is destroyed. And the Prophet ﷺ, in being a human being, he married. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be loved to the Prophet wasallam, the good saint and woman. And of course in the halal manner. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, from the matters of your worldly affairs that have been made beloved to me, is the good smelling uh, oils and woman, and the prayer has been made the coolness of my eyes. The Prophet ﷺ, he married Khadija radiallahu anha, and he had four daughters from Khadija and two sons, and some say three, but that which is correct, he had two sons uh, from Khadija and one from Maria, the Coptic, which was his right hand possession. And when Khadija radiallahu anha died, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he married Sauda. And shortly after, did the marriage contract with Aisha, but he did not consummate the marriage with Aisha until the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina and then Aisha reached the state of puberty and then the Prophet ﷺ consummated the marriage. But during his marriage uh, to Khadija anha, the Prophet ﷺ was married to no other woman except for Khadija. And then after the death of Khadija, the Prophet ﷺ married and at one time the Prophet ﷺ had nine wives together. But this was something that was only allowed for the Prophet ﷺ alone. And this is not for any other man. As for the men of this ummah, then it is allowed for a man to have up to four wives, provided that he is able to be just between them. And provided he is able to do justice in his dealings with them. But if the individual is not able to do just or be just, then it is upon him to be patient and stick with one. So how is the character of the Prophet ﷺ with his family? And this word family, it can be understood from the angle of one's blood relatives, one's tribesmen and the likes. And then from another angle, the word family can be understood as one's wives, one's spouses. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the best of you is the one who was best to his family and I am best to you. I am the best of you being that I am the best to my family. Family here is in relation to one's wife. As the Shaykh mentioned, Hafidhullah Ta'ala. The Shaykh mentions that from the foundations of the religion that the Prophet ﷺ propagated, the Prophet ﷺ, he propagated the teachings of a tawheed calling to Islamic monotheism. The Prophet ﷺ, he propagated having sincerity in worshipping Allah. The Prophet ﷺ, he propagated doing good deeds. The Prophet ﷺ, he propagated staying away from evil and having good character. As we have in the authentic narration that the Prophet ﷺ said, Indeed, I have only been sent to complete the good moral character. And also from that is the keeping of the ties of kinship. And from one's kinship, those who have the greatest of the rights. 
is the rights of the parent. The rights of the parents are the greatest of the rights. When it comes to keeping the ties of kinship. The Prophet ﷺ also propagated the commanding of that which is good and the forbidding of that which is evil. These are from the things that the Prophet ﷺ, he propagated, he came to teach. The Prophet ﷺ, he was one who was kind to his wives. And this is what is intended as we are speaking about the Prophet ﷺ and how he was with his family. The Shaykh had mentioned we live in this time where you have some brothers or some who have parents, but the person is single. He doesn't have a spouse. Or the person has a spouse, but he doesn't have any parents. The Shaykh, he says, in any event, it is upon the individual to be good to his family members, to be good to his relatives. And it is upon the individual to be good to his spouses. So how was the Prophet ﷺ with his family? Allah mentions, describing the Prophet ﷺ, indeed you are upon exalted character. This is how the Prophet was with his family. Just as Allah described him in the verse, indeed you are upon exalted character. Also, Allah mentions to the Prophet ﷺ, if you were stern and harsh, then the people would have fled from around you. Meaning by this, that the Prophet ﷺ was a gentle man, and he was not a stern and harsh man. The Prophet ﷺ was not one who chased the people away from him. And this is a testimony for the Prophet ﷺ from his Lord regarding his character. And this is like the greatest testimony one can have. That Allah is testifying to the good character of Prophet Muhammad This is the greatest testimony that can be. The character of the Prophet ﷺ was that of the Qur'an. As mentioned by Aisha ﷺ when she was questioned about the character of the Prophet ﷺ, she said that his character was that of the Qur'an. So if one wants to have good character with his family, then it is upon the individual to follow the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And with the Qur'an and the Sunnah, we implement the deen based upon the highest scale that there is to judge affairs by. And this is what we use to measure our deeds and actions up to when it comes to our mannerisms with the people. We follow the Qur'an and the Sunnah. This is how the person will attain good character with his family, with the people, by following the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet The Shaykh mentioned, I feel that Allah is important that when we deal with the people, that we deal with the people in a manner that is truthful, in a manner that is just. And there should be no vulnerable. There should be no oppression when we deal with people. There should be no enmity when we deal with people. When we do good to the people or treat the people in a good manner, this is a means of treating ourselves with goodness. And it is upon us that we deal with others according to the scales of the legislation. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned that the strongest bond of faith is loving for the sake of Allah and hating for the sake of Allah. This is the strongest bond of faith. And the legislation itself of Islam it is based upon justice. So we must be just when it comes to our character and how we deal with the people. And justice is the opposite of oppression. 
Justice is putting things in the proper place. Whereas oppression is putting things in the wrong place. So the Prophet ﷺ, he called for the people to have good character. As he ﷺ was the best in character. And we should strive to emulate the character of the Prophet ﷺ. We should strive to be like the Prophet ﷺ and how he was with his family. And from the Prophet ﷺ having good manners with his family, first and foremost, this entails him choosing good spouses. The Prophet ﷺ, he chose the best of the women to be married to. And this is the first aspect of having good character with one's family. And when the Shaykh says, when he's speaking about the best of the women, he's not putting the focus on the physical beauty. Rather, he is speaking about they were the best of the women in terms of their practice of the religion. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned that women are married for four reasons. Women are married for their beauty, women are married for their wealth or status, women are married for their lineage, and women are married for their religion. So choose the woman who is religious and may your hands be covered with dust. So these women, the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, our mothers, they were good in their religion and they had beauty. They were good in their religion and they had beauty. And this is a matter that is from the legislation to marry a woman who does have beauty. And that she's pleasing to your eye. But the most important aspect is that the Prophet ﷺ married women who were religious. We look at the Prophet ﷺ, he married the daughter of his closest companion, Abu Bakr And this here was an honor for Abu Bakr And he married the daughter of his second close companion, Umar ibn al-Khattab, Hafsa. And this was a means of honoring Umar ibn al-Khattab. And these two men, they are the best of the men. And their daughters are the best of the daughters. And the Prophet ﷺ, he married from the best of the women, women who came from good religious families. This is the point. And they were religious. So you look at the methodology of the Prophet ﷺ, that he married women who had religion. He married women who had good character. So when we speak about the topic of being good to one's family, or the, the, the character of the Prophet ﷺ with his family, first and foremost you have to look at the aspect that the Prophet ﷺ chose righteous women to marry. He didn't just marry any type of woman. So one must be good when it comes to his picking of a spouse. You have to have good dealings in this affair. Because how many from amongst the men have married women who are physically beautiful, but they have no religion. The individual is living in a state of misery. He's miserable because of the woman not having religion. But she has physical beauty. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the life of this world is a commodity. And the best commodity of this world is the righteous woman. The Prophet ﷺ he said, have a, a grateful heart. One moment. Now, the Sheikh he mentioned a narration in which the Prophet ﷺ said, Take a heart or have a heart that is grateful, a tongue that is a tongue which remembers Allah, 
and a righteous wife that will aid you upon the affairs of the hereafter. Three matters. Take a heart that is grateful, have a tongue that remembers Allah, and take a wife, a righteous woman, not just any type of woman, a righteous woman that will aid you in the affairs of the hereafter. Also the Shaykh mentioned the narration that four matters are from happiness. Number one, the righteous woman, the righteous wife. Number two, the spacious home. Number three, the easy-going ride. And number four, having a good neighbor. So these four matters are from happiness in the life of this world. The Shaykh says, likewise, the opposite. The opposite of these things, these four matters, cause misery in the life of this world. So four things are from misery. Having a bad woman, having a restricted home, having a bad ride, and having a bad neighbor. The Prophet ﷺ, he had homes for his wives. And although the Prophet ﷺ, he wasn't a rich man, the Prophet ﷺ, his home sufficed himself and his family. It was small but not restricted, as the Shaykh mentioned. And having a home that's spacious, this is from the means of causing happiness between the husband and the wife. Likewise, let the individual have a good vehicle. As we drive cars in this day and time, for this will be a means of making things easy upon the individual in his dealings with his wife. Sometimes she gets pregnant, sometimes the wife gets sick, she's in need to be transferred from, transported from one place to another. So the Sheikh said, let the individual have a good ride and let that be a means of causing harmony and bringing harmony between the husband and the wife. Likewise, let him have good neighbors. Because if the neighbors are evil, then this can have a negative effect upon the wife. If you have a bad neighbor, and his wife is bad, and his wife is visiting your wife, then she starts to cause corruption in your home by speaking to her and mentioning things. So strive to have a good neighbor. And the Sheikh mentions, for this you find that people say, Ajar qabladdar. Like find out who the neighbors are before you go in to pick the house, basically. That's the rough translation of the statement. Look into who the neighbors are before you look into the home itself. The Shaykh mentions the Prophet ﷺ used to seek refuge with Allah from having an evil neighbor. <coughs> he used to seek refuge with Allah from having an evil neighbor. And so for this, the person himself should not sit with evil people, nor should he allow his wife to sit with evil, evil people so that she doesn't become corrupted by them. And the person should pick good companionship for himself and for his wife. The Prophet ﷺ, he had a home. The Prophet ﷺ, he had firash or like furniture in his home that will suffice him and his family. And the Shaykh he mentioned that this is also from the means of having happiness between you and your spouses, that you have good furniture in the home. And even though the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned that his mats used to be straw mats, to where when he would lay on it, the traces of the mats will be seen, as the case was when he was laying on the mats, and Umar ibn Khattab came to him and seen the traces of these mats upon his back, and he says, here are the kings of the dunya, they have the silk and they have this and the likes. And the Prophet ﷺ said, this is the good that has been expediated for them in this life. Or in another narration, he says, what do I have to do with the affairs of this world? So the Prophet ﷺ, his focus was that on the hereafter, but he still had provisions in, this life, in the life of this world. As an example, the Prophet ﷺ had curtains in his home. And he said, 
one day the wind blew the curtain in the house of the Prophet ﷺ open and the Prophet ﷺ seen Aisha radiallahu anha with her company and she was with some young girls and they were playing and she had a horse that had wings and the Prophet ﷺ said oh Aish what is this horse with these wings and she mentioned that do you not know that Sulaiman he had a horse with wings and the Prophet sallallahu he laughed. And the Prophet sallallahu did not say to her, remove this curtain, or why this curtain is here in the home of the likes. So the point of the Sheikh mentioning this is that the Prophet's house, you know, although the Prophet wasn't a very rich man or wasn't a rich man, there were still things in his home according to the means. So each individual, he uh, spends according to his means. And also we look at this narration, and we see how the Prophet Sallallahu he dealt with Aisha radiallahu anha. He dealt with Aisha according to her situation. And this is very important. That we deal with our wives according to their levels, according to their situations. As the Prophet Sallallahu dealt with Aisha radiallahu anha. Now, the Shaykh also mentions it's important for the man who has more than one spouse that every wife has to have her separate home. Just as the Prophet ﷺ had with his wives. Each one, each wife had her own home. And the Shaykh mentions this is for the purpose of avoiding fitna and problems within the home between the co-wives. The Shaykh mentioned how the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, they would all come together and visit the Prophet ﷺ in the house of the wife whose night it was. So they would come and they would like have dinner together and the likes. So this shows that the house of the Prophet ﷺ was able to fit 10 people. Because it's him, ﷺ, in the house and the nine wives. So don't, the Sheikh is saying, don't think that the Prophet ﷺ had this real small restricted house that like only like one or two people could fit in basically. So no, the house, even though it was a small house, it was vast, it had room within the house. The Sheikh mentioned that one night when the wives were gathered together in one of the homes, on the home of Aisha that the Prophet went to touch one of the wives believing that it was uh, Aisha but it was Zainab. And then Aisha radiallahu anha said to the Prophet sallallahu said, Oh Messenger of Allah, don't touch her on my night. And then a dispute took place and some of the voices were raised up. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he delayed going to the salat to bring calm and ease in the home. And the point the Shaykh is mentioning that this was the methodology of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he was one who resolved the family conflict. He didn't just let it continue. So the Prophet ﷺ, he stayed to resolve the conflict of the, the family. And then Abu Bakr he came and he made a statement to the Prophet ﷺ that had the meaning, silence these women. You know, that it's the time for the prayer, silence these women. And Aisha she was scared because this is her father and she had great respect uh, for her father. But the point is that the Prophet ﷺ was patient in how he dealt with his family in resolving conflict. And this is something that is very important for us to take note of when dealing with our families. The Prophet ﷺ was not a man who beat on women. And the Shaykh said, yes, it is allowed in Islam for a man to discipline his wife. However, when a man disciplined his wife, 
It is not in a manner of a man beating on her in a harsh way. Like in domestic violence, so to say. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned the allowance of a man disciplining his wife, but he is not allowed to hit her in her face. Or to hit her in a way that's going to bruise her. Or to hit her and is breaking her bones or is harming her in the likes. This is not allowed in Islam. Allah mentions in the Quran, and as for those women who you fear their disobedience, admonish them, refuse to share the bed, and lastly, discipline them in a light manner. It is upon us to follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and how he was with his family as he was a teacher of his family. He was a cultivator of his family. He was one who was just with his family. He was gentle uh, with his wives. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he loves gentleness. Allah is gentle and he loves gentleness. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was gentle with his wives. And the Prophet sallallahu he gave his wives homes and he spent upon them and he clothed them. And these three matters I must. That a man, when he's married, he provides a home for the wife. When he's married, he spends upon the wife. When he's married, he clothes the wife. And this is all in accordance to the person's ability. And Allah he mentions in the Quran, and live with them in kindness. This is a commandment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards the men. That the men are to live with the woman in kindness and likewise it is a commandment towards the woman that the women are to live with their husbands in kindness. And the shaykh he had went into the topic of being mindful of the customs of the people, of the woman when you marry. He says as an example, you don't treat a princess like the daughter of a shepherd. Two different types of women, two different backgrounds, two different customs that they come from. So the point is, there are things that are different when it comes to how we interact with women, depending on their past history, depending on their culture, depending on the customs of the people. And then there are other things that are shared between all customs. But things have to be according to the uh, the customs of the people according to the need and the, the ability of the people. So a person, he spends according to his means. And if a husband is a man that is poor, it is not befitting for the wife to seek from her husband as if he is a rich man. This is not befitting. And we find that some women, they are living in a fantasy. As the Sheikh mentions, they're living like in a fantasy. They're living like in, in, in an illusion. They view themselves to be in a better situation than they're actually in. So they want this and they want that, as if the husband is this big rich man that he can afford these things. The Sheikh says, this is one of the causes of problems uh, in the marriage in these days and times. So the Sheikh said that a woman should not wear the clothing that does not belong to her, nor a man. He said, the Sheikh said, what does he mean by this? He mentioned a narration where a woman had asked, O Messenger of Allah, is it allowed for me to pretend with my co-wife that my husband has given me something that he has not given me? The Sheikh, uh, the Sheikh mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ responded to her by saying, The one who pretends to have something that they have not been given is like a person who wears two cloaks of falsehood or two garments of falsehood. The Sheikh says, This statement of the Prophet ﷺ came regarding what? It came regarding a woman pretending to her ex-wife, or her, excuse me, her co-wife, that her, that their husband gave her something and the husband did not give. 
And the Shaykh mentions that this is a cause of problems in these days and times. Because you have women who brag to other women about things that their husbands do for them. My husband did this for me. My husband did that for me. My husband did this for me. And in reality, he never did those things for them. But then as time goes on, you find this same woman complaining about this, that same husband who supposedly had did all of this good for her. And they say, wait a minute, you said your husband... And then it comes out that the matter was not true. So a person should not pretend that they have something that they do not have. A person is to live in according to the reality of the affairs. So the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the ones who are not living according to reality is like a person who wears two cloaks of falsehood. Like false, like the word that's used here is similar to the word that's used when giving false testimony. Now, so this act of bearing false testimony or pretending to have something that you do not have or you was not given this falls under the category of the major sins in Islam and this is from lying so the Prophet his character was a good character when it came to how he dealt with his wives his character was one of gentleness his character was one of ease. One night the Prophet ﷺ, he went out to visit the grave. And upon his return, he heard footsteps. It was Aisha. She had followed him out to the grave. Then upon his return, he heard the footsteps in front of him and she rushed into the home and they went and laid down as if she was sleeping. But she was breathing heavy. Like, like if somebody panting, like if you just was running and you trying to catch your breath. So the Prophet said, What is with you, oh Aisha? And then he said, Do you think that Allah and His Messenger will be deceitful to you? And then Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, Oh Messenger of Allah, you are the type of man that a woman. You are a type of man that a woman uh, is jealous of. Meaning because of the great type of person you are, the great man you are, of course a woman is going to be jealous of you. But the point here, Barakallah Fikum, was how the Prophet dealt with her. He didn't beat her up. Not mad at this. He didn't smack her in the face. He didn't kick her. Pull her hair. Tell her get out of the house. Go back to your father. Right? Prophet did none of these things. He questioned her and he corrected her by way of his statement. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned, O Aisha, do you think that Allah and His Messenger will be unjust or deceitful to you? And that was his way of correcting her mannerisms. The Shaykh mentions another important aspect that when a man enters into his home, and this is to keep the peace and harmony in your home, that say Bismillah before you go into your home. And when you say Bismillah before you go into your home, this keeps the shayateen out of your home. This keeps the devils out of your home. And likewise, when you go into your home, give the salams upon entering into the home. And before you eat, say bismillah before you eat to keep the shaitan away from the gathering of food. And if you do not do this, if you do not say bismillah before you go into your home, the shaitani enters into your home with you. And if you do not say bismillah upon eating, then the shaitan, he is eating with you. And the Shaykh is mentioning this from the aspect that when we follow these legislative practices, our homes are protected from the shayateen entering into our homes and causing corruption and problems in our homes. 
When the Prophet ﷺ would enter into the home, he would use the siwak to freshen his breath so that he doesn't have a bad odor when going to his family. That his breath smells good. And this is from the good character of the Prophet ﷺ when dealing with his wives. And also from that which the Prophet ﷺ did upon entering into the home, he would pray two raka'ahs when he would return home. And likewise before leaving the home, the Prophet ﷺ would pray two raka'ah. So the Prophet ﷺ, his breath smelled good, his body smelled good. The Prophet ﷺ, he had the best fragrance that would emit from his pores. The sweat of the Prophet ﷺ had a better scent than the musk oil. Also the Prophet ﷺ, his hands were softer than silk. As the companions, they mentioned that the palm of the Prophet ﷺ was softer than silk. Also the Prophet ﷺ, he liked like the herd oil. And he would put it upon his body, he would put it into his beard. And the Prophet ﷺ ordered with this, especially like on the day of Jumu'ah that a man perfumes himself and that he uses the siwak and has a good scent. And all of this, barakallah fikum, is from the good mannerisms that the Prophet ﷺ he had with his family. And you see how in the legislation it is forbidden for a person to come to the masjid who has eaten onions and garlic. Because this is a nuisance upon the people when they're praying and they smell the odor or the smell of onions and garlic. So the Prophet ﷺ forbade that a person comes to the masjid who has eaten onions and garlic, meaning raw onions and raw garlic that leaves the odor or the smell upon the breath. And again, look at this, look at the point that the shaykh is making. The Prophet ﷺ said, because the children of Adam are harmed, the malaika, the angels, are harmed by that which the children of Adam are harmed by. So if the malaika are harmed and offended by the smell of onions and garlic, or excuse me, if the children of Adam are harmed or uh, annoyed by the smells of onion and garlic, it is an annoyance and a nuisance to the malaika likewise. So the point is that a man when going to his home, he should not have a bad body odor. He should strive to make sure that when he goes to his family, he's in the best state of being clean, having a good smell, his breath smells well in the lights. This is from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was one who would observe good speech with his family, he would always smile with his family, he was concerned about the feelings of his family. And also the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam honored the family of his wives, and this is important, that a man, in honoring his wife, that he honors her family. And the honoring should be done in a manner that does not violate the religion or go against the religion. And it is important that we keep the ties of kinship and we honor our families and even we find in the religion the honoring of the ties that are established through breastfeeding. And the Shaykh mentioned the narration. So if we have to honor the ties that are established by way of breastfeeding, then how much more so than the ties of blood and the other ties? And it is upon the people to fix the problems that take place within the home in a manner that is according to the legislation with easiness and gentleness and you have that the Prophet ﷺ, he did boycott his wives for the duration of a month 
But this was from the, the or this was for the purpose of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi disciplining and teaching his wives a lesson. As he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the best in character. So when a person follows the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then the individual is to deal with his family according to following the book in the sunnah. This is how we honor our families by following the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how he honored his family, and that is in accordance to the Quran and the Sunnah. Honoring of the family is not by way of oppression and not by way of going beyond the legislative boundaries. Even in the times when there are divorces taking place, one must not be oppressive and one must not go beyond the legislative boundaries. Even during the times when the person is angry, one must not indulge in oppression and one must not go beyond the legislated boundaries and likewise in the other dealings. But rather we, all, we always must be just with ourselves and our families. As the Prophet Sallallahu commanded that feed your wife from which you eat and clothe your wife when you clothe yourself. And if a person makes a mistake in the marriage, then let the individual uh, apologize and rectify the mistake whether it's the husband or the wife and let the individual be kind as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that every morsel of food that the man puts into the mouth of his wife seeking the face of Allah is a sadaqah also we find from the character of the Prophet ﷺ that he was one who helped around the home. The Prophet ﷺ would tend to his clothing, his footwear. He would help his wives in the home. And the Shaykh says, yes, even though we have our customs, and we do follow our customs, it doesn't mean that you can't do no house chores. It may be from the customs, okay, the woman, she takes care of the house. That doesn't mean it's prohibited for you to help around the house. Rather, this is the way of the Prophet ﷺ, that he would help around the house. But once it came time for the Salat, then it was as if the Prophet did not know them, and he would head out to go to the worship of his Lord Subhanahu wa Taala. The Prophet ﷺ, he raced with his wife Aisha. The Prophet ﷺ, he would joke around with his family and joke around with the people. Like in the narration when the Prophet ﷺ said to the brother of Anas ibn Malik, Oh, Aba Umair, what happened to the Nughair, meaning the small bird that had passed away and he was sad as a result. This was the Prophet ﷺ's manner to cheer the boy up. So the, the Shaykh is mentioning the show, the show us the character of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He would speak with his wives The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Akhwan The Shaykh he mentions that the person Should speak with his wife or wives The person should take walks With his wife or wives The person in doing this should stay away From the places of evil You know go out to the park With your wife, go out to eat with your wife You know be diligent In trying to make your wife happy this is from having good mannerisms with them. And also, and this is most importantly, teach your family the Qur'an. Teach them that which Allah has made obligatory upon them. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said to Handara, O oh Handara, there is a time for this and a time for that. So the person must be balanced in these affairs and how he deals with his family. You're going to have times where you're going to be teaching them the religion and cultivating them upon the religion. And then you're going to have the downtime where it's your personal time where you're going out with your family, spending time, quality time with them and the likes. Don't be extreme in the affair and don't be negligent, as the Sheikh mentions. And likewise, when a man goes to have relations with his family, let him follow the legislation in doing so. Like mentioning the name of Allah, 
as we have the dua when a man wants to approach his family for intimacy, that he says, Bismillah, Allahumma jannibna shaitan wa jannibish shaitan ma razaktana. In the name of Allah, O oh Allah, keep us away from the shaitan and keep the shaitan away from that which you provide us with. Now, so the Shaykh mentions, be mindful of how you deal with one another. Again, if a mistake is made, then retract your mistake. Seek pardoning for the mistake. It's not always about my rights, my rights, my rights. And another important matter, making dua for the success in the marriage and your dealings with your family. Turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, placing your dependency upon Allah. And the shaykh, he, he mentions that we have to be very careful, those of us who are living here in America. And we have to move about in a manner of patience. And if we find ourselves faced with two evils, then we pick the lesser of the two evils to avoid the greater of the two evils. The Shaykh he says, but if you have the ability to leave off both, then leave off both. But when you are faced with two matters of evil and you can't get out of either one of them, then you pick the lesser of the two. And this is fit in the religion. The Shaykh mentions right now you are coming upon the Christmas holiday. The Shaykh mentions do not involve yourselves in the celebration of Christmas or any of the celebration or the holidays of the disbelievers. And teach your families to stay away from observing the holidays of the disbelievers. And we teach the people also that as Muslims we do not observe these holidays However, we do so in a kind manner, in a good manner. Not in a manner where we're going to chase the people away from the religion. But we explain to the people the, our Islamic position regarding these affairs. And this barakallah fikum is from the ways of protecting our families. And then the shaykh had ended with the uh, advice of one connecting oneself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having a strong relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he ended with a dua and whatever is correct from the translation the praise is for Allah alone and whatever is incorrect from the translation or that I missed then it is from myself Barakallahu feekum